Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys. How is everybody doing today? I hope everyone has had a great week. Today's podcast is all about the neutrality of circumstances, how all circumstances are neutral, which is ironic because I actually recorded this yesterday. And then when I listened back, I realized that for some reason, the platform that I use to record my podcast had decided to randomly kind of chop off the ends of some of my words, (laughs) randomly scattered throughout the podcast. (laughs) which is a completely neutral circumstance that I had a lot of thoughts and feelings about. A lot of feelings of annoyance and irritation created by my own mind. (laughs) Anyway, as we were saying, today's episode is all about the neutrality of circumstances. Now, I want to preface this by saying that this can be a touchy topic for people and can be one of those teachings that people can really grapple with. So do not be surprised if you have a lot of thoughts that are coming up about this as as you listen. Be patient with them. Be patient with yourself. Observe the thoughts and really try and lean it and be open to the teaching and see what you discover. So if you've listened to my other episodes, you'll have heard me say that our thoughts create the way we feel, meaning the sentences in our brains, the subconscious interpretations, the signals our brain sends are what activate our nervous systems and create the emotions we feel. And this isn't me just making things up. (laughs) This has been studied and reported by scientists and neurologists way smarter than me, who have confirmed that the limbic system is a group of interconnected structures located deep within your brain. And it's the part of the brain that's responsible for all of your emotional responses. So neuroscientist Lisa Feldon Barrett says in her book, How Emotions Are Made, The Secret Life of the Brain, that emotions reveal that our brains are like a black box in our bodies, being fed outside information by our senses, and then they're figuring out how to best navigate the chaos. She also says, an emotion is your brain's creation of what your bodily sensations mean. And from sensory input and past experience, your brain constructs meaning and prescribes action. So basically what she's saying is your brain takes in the external information from the world around you through your senses, what you touch, taste, see, hear, smell, and it interprets it and then creates your emotional response and reaction to that circumstance or experience. And your brain is wired in its own completely unique way. Your brain has neural pathways that are developed and strengthened the more you think a certain way and interpret things in a certain way. And those pathways become your brain's default responses to certain situations. So for example, if you were bitten by a dog as a child, your brain took in that sensory information and it made a decision, an interpretation and likely created a fear response, the emotion of fear in your body. 
It then may have repeated that interpretation and emotional response each and every time you saw a dog after that, over and over, resulting in you now being a 30-year-old whose heart begins racing and palms begin sweating every time you see a dog. The neural pathway creating that response has become so incredibly strong because of the intensity of the emotion created in the initial circumstance and then because of how often your brain has repeated that response since. Other people might see a dog and their emotional response might be to feel excited or happy because their brain is initiating a different response sequence. But luckily, just because your brain's have been wired in one certain way, doesn't mean you're stuck with those responses for life. You may have heard of neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is the ability of neural pathways in the brain to change through growth and reorganization. It's when the brain is rewired to function in a way that differs to how it previously functioned, to interpret things in new ways and therefore creating different emotional responses to situations. So. An example of this in my own life is the thoughts that I used to have about myself. I used to think very badly of myself and have a lot of anxiety in my relationships. And my default thought about me, the one that I'd practiced on repeat since I was a teenager, was I'm a loser. But through repetition and coaching my own brain, I've now created completely different thought patterns in my brain. My default reaction to not getting a text back is no longer, they don't like you, you're a loser. (laughs) So if you're listening to this and feeling like it all sounds very scientific and big and complicated, I promise you it isn't. On a very basic level, you can think about it this way. The thoughts you think the most are going to be your brain's default responses to things. And in order to create new ways of thinking, you have to repeatedly practice new thoughts. And this is why I love coaching. The type of coaching I do with my clients is all about looking at your current thoughts and reactions and questioning them so that you can choose more intentional thoughts and responses to the world around you. Anyway, I've wandered a little off topic, but I'm also glad that I dove into that because I find it really, really fascinating. And also because now you have a little bit of insight and a very basic insight from someone who is not a scientist or neurologist in any way into how the brain works, what's going to come now is going to make a little bit more sense to you. So the teaching I want to share with you is that circumstances in our lives are neutral until we have a thought about them. And what I mean by that is everything that happens around you, what people are saying, what they're doing, who's in power, your holiday getting cancelled, whatever it is, they are all neutral circumstances as in they exist, they've just happened, they just are. And it's not until a human brain has a thought about them, interprets them, and constructs meaning about them, that we feel any kind of emotion. We as humans have the ability to judge things as good circumstances or bad circumstances. And this is important when it comes to doing this work, because when most of my clients begin their journey, is believing that their partners make them feel bad and make them feel insecure, that their friends make them feel guilty when they cancel plans. 
but that is actually scientifically impossible. Nobody can jump into your body and create an emotion. Just like the 30-year-old who saw the dog. That dog wasn't the source of her anxiety response. Otherwise, we would all feel anxiety when we saw that dog or any dog. It was the neural pathways in her brain, her brain's default interpretation, her thoughts about that, that created her emotion. And this is amazing news. Because if you believe that your partner makes you feel anxious or insecure, or your mother-in-law makes you feel embarrassed or shameful or guilty, you're kind of fucked. Because unless we find a magic wand that will change them, you're going to be stuck feeling those emotions and feeling like a victim to them, feeling completely powerless. An example I'll share is from a past relationship I was in. Not getting a text back in a certain amount of time that my brain had randomly decided was the correct amount of time that I wanted to receive a text back within sent me into a spiral of anxiety. But it wasn't the lack of text that created the anxious response in my body. It was my brain and what my brain made it mean. My brain made it mean I was being rejected, that my girlfriend at the time didn't really care about me and was going to abandon me. And that if she did abandon me, it would of course prove what a loser I was and how unlovable I truly was. That interpretation was the root cause of my suffering, of the emotion. And when I say all circumstances are neutral, I'm not for a second suggesting that we should aim to feel neutrally about all circumstances. Of course not. If a loved one of mine passes away, I do not want to feel neutral. I want to feel heartbroken and grief and sadness. I want to mourn because I want to be a human being on this planet who loves and cares about people. Just like if someone were to hurl homophobic abuse at me and my partner in the street, which unfortunately has been a circumstance that has happened to me in the past. I wouldn't want to feel neutral about that. I'd want to be hurt and angry. My thoughts and my brain's interpretation would be what created those emotions, but I wouldn't want to change that. But the reason we know it's neutral is because you likely hear about people passing away on the news all the time. And you don't feel grief or pain each and every time. Because your brain would have very different thoughts about a stranger you never met passing away compared to the thoughts it would have about someone you love and see regularly passing away. The circumstance of a human being passing is neutral and each human brain will have a completely different thought about it. Or if you think about when you found out some bad news, maybe you were getting fired or let go of at your job. That maybe had already been in motion before you heard the news. Your boss maybe even sent the confirmation letter to HR 24 hours prior to telling you. The circumstance had happened. The decision to terminate your contract had been made. And you rightly felt nothing. If you were sat at home, unaware that that circumstance was happening right in that very moment, you would be feeling fine, watching Netflix, scrolling through Instagram. The fact that circumstance was happening did not create any emotion in your body, even though it was happening right there and then. The only time it impacted your emotions, the only time you felt something in your body, was when your brain 
we've made aware of it. The minute your brain had a thought about it, when it was brought into your brain's consciousness, which shows how the event of the circumstance taking place is not what creates the emotion. It's always the moment your brain has a thought about the event that it creates the emotion in your body. Another example my teacher, Brooke Castillo, often uses is 9-11. Most of us have the thought that 9-11 was a horrific, heartbreaking attack on humanity. And when it happened, we probably felt outrage and sadness and grief. And we want to think and feel that way about it. We don't want to think differently. We don't want to think it's neutral. We don't want to think it's okay or feel at peace. But there are some humans in the world on that same day that didn't feel those emotions when they heard the same news that we heard. The terrorists responsible felt the emotion of happiness in their body, perhaps. Perhaps they had the thought that it was a success. Same circumstance, same event, same set of facts, completely different emotional response based on the human brain interpreting it and their thoughts about it. And like I said, and I cannot stress this enough, the point of understanding this is not so that we can be zombies who have no emotion about anything, or so that we can aim to feel neutral or gaslight our brains into feeling happy about things we certainly do not want to feel happy about. The point of understanding that our brains are what create our emotions is to show us where our power is. So, you know, I've used quite dramatic examples (laughs) up until now, but when you think about this, it's going to be to do with a lot more day-to-day scenarios in your life and in your relationships. So using it on a a day-to-day scenario that you might face, If we understand that being stuck in traffic is not a circumstance that creates frustration because circumstances do not create feelings and being stuck in traffic is a neutral circumstance, this simply allows us to choose what we want to feel. Do we want to feel frustrated as we sit there stuck in traffic or do we want to try and look at this a bit differently? Is it serving us to feel frustrated and stressed? Or do we want to allow that emotion to move through us in our bodies and then intentionally choose something different like calmness or acceptance? Most of us go through life just reacting to our brain's default interpretations and responses to the circumstances around us. We never pause to question them or exercise our ability to choose intentionally. Another example I'll give is one of my current one-on-one clients. She's newly single and she has a lot of negative thoughts about that. Her brain's negative interpretation of those circumstances are creating a lot of pain for her. One of her thoughts is, I'm not where I should be in life. And that creates intense shame. But being single is actually a completely neutral circumstance. And it's her brain's thoughts about what that means that creates her emotional response to it and then how she shows up to that situation and moves forward. Some people might be single and having thoughts like, this is amazing. I get to do whatever I want. I get to go out there and meet new people. Or perhaps I'm single right now and I can enjoy today and eventually I'm going to meet someone and enjoy being with them too. This is all part of my journey. 
being single does not mean anything about me. You know, totally different thoughts would create completely different emotions there. My client has been learning how to choose different interpretations on purpose so that she can show up to the circumstances she's in and create a life that she loves. I remember a coach I love saying once, our thoughts are like the colour we cast over our circumstances. Our thoughts can colour something as bright and hopeful or dark and gloomy or somewhere in between. And we could all benefit from being much more intentional with the pictures we're painting. So how can you start to bring awareness of this concept into your own life? The first step is to separate out the facts of a situation from your brain's interpretation and colouring of it. What has actually happened? What's been said? What did they do exactly? Remove any judgments or opinions and stick to only the neutral facts. For example, my partner said, I am not in the mood for sex tonight. That is a fact. Maybe they said it. Notice what I didn't say the fact was that my partner's rejected me or my partner never wants sex. Those are not neutral facts of this situation. They're interpretations, assumptions, generalizations, and added meaning your brain has offered you about the circumstance. To bet clear on the facts, then ask yourself, why is this a problem? Why am I making this mean? And you'll soon notice all the added color you're splashing onto this circumstance. What your brain is making it mean, how it's interpreting it. And there is how you'll find the source of your emotion. Perhaps one of the thoughts is, they don't find me attractive or I'm not attractive enough. That thought might be creating a lot of pain and it isn't even a fact. Your brain has just made an assumption that creates a certain emotion in your body and then you're likely blaming your partner for that emotion. Get curious about that thought. Is that really the only way you could interpret this? How might it not be true? What else might be true? What is your brain perhaps not considering that it could be considering right now? How would you rather feel about this and what way of thinking would create that emotion? Another fun way to remind yourself that your circumstance is neutral is to go to the complete extreme opposite and imagine what someone who felt com the complete opposite way about that circumstance, what would they be thinking? So if you're feeling frustrated, that your flight is delayed. Imagine what someone who was happy that the flight was delayed, what might they be thinking? Maybe, thank God, because I'm running late as well. <laughs> or, oh yeah, I get a, you know, an extra hour to go and grab a coffee and do some shopping or read my book for an hour. Now, I know I've mentioned this multiple times, but I get a lot of outraged people who seem to interpret what I'm saying as fixing blaming or gaslighting. So again, the point of this work is not to deny facts. That's why the first thing we do is get clear on the facts. It's also not to blame ourselves for how we feel. You have a human brain which is constantly interpreting the world around you. You're no more to blame for your emotional responses than you are for the fact that your heart pumps blood around your body. There's no blame here. When we understand our brain is the control center of our emotions, it's not so we can shame and blame ourselves for that. 
It's to understand the science behind what's happening so that we can better support ourselves. You are supposed to have negative emotion like 50% of the time. Your brain is going to be a negative Nancy and whisper unhelpful thoughts to you sometimes because it's a human brain. And let's face it, you likely would not want to feel positively about a lot of the stuff going on in the world because you don't want to feel okay or neutral about discrimination, abuse, bullying, or poverty. You want to feel negative emotion when someone you love passes away or when someone you care about ends a relationship with you. But when we understand that the specific emotion we feel is created by the way our brain is thinking about the situation, we can get much more intentional. Maybe we want to feel sad about our breakup, but maybe we don't want to make it mean that we're unlovable and not good enough and feel shame. This work is all about understanding our brain's interpretations so we can be more intentional while being loving and compassionate towards ourselves the entire time. If you're not using this work in a compassionate way that serves you, you do not have my permission to use it. (laughs) And you likely would not have the permission of all the people that have taught me to use it either. If you have circumstances in your life that you're feeling a lot of negative emotion about, I recommend heading to the fifth episode of my podcast, which is called How to Handle My Anxiety. And it talks you through how to process any negative emotion, not just anxiety. And honestly, that technique was life-changing for me. It's probably the best thing I ever learned to do. How to lovingly and compassionately process the sensations of the emotions I was feeling instead of resisting them or pushing them away. Another really good example that shows the neutrality of circumstances was actually the lockdowns during the COVID pandemic. There was such a mixed bag of reactions to the exact same circumstances. Now, I know everyone had different circumstances to deal with. The circumstance of a nurse, for example, would be very, very different to the circumstance of someone who was in an office job. But for the sake of this example, I want you to imagine that two people's circumstances are the same. So imagine that you're in your 20s working an office job and you're told by the government you have to work from home and that all pubs, restaurants and bars are closing and that you can't meet up with anyone outside of your bubble, outside of your home. Some people I know were really happy about that. They thought things like, this is perfect. I don't have to make plans of anyone and I get to work from home in my pyjamas all day. Other people I know really struggled with it. They had thoughts like, my 20s are being taken from me. These are precious years and I'm losing them by not being able to go out and see my friends. Same circumstance, same facts, totally different thoughts and interpretations, totally different emotional responses. So try and ponder this concept this week as you're faced with circumstances in your own life and your own relationships. Ask yourself, What are the neutral facts of this circumstance and what am I making them mean? What are the thoughts creating the way I feel about this? This is how you become aware, which is step one in learning to manage your mind and live more intentionally. Okay, that's all I have for you this week, guys. Head to my Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode. And until next time, have a great rest of the week. 
If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 